This is the happy hour. You guys going to happy hour? Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. Yeah, maybe I'll come for a couple. Here are your hosts, Nick Sainert. I want to know what it's like to commit a crime without having to spend time in jail. And Enrique Alvarez Clary. C is for chunk. Brought to you by Empire Fence and Netting on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome into the happy hour, 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Nick Sainert and Enrique Alvarez-Clary hanging out with you guys. Rico, what's up? Hello. How's it going? It's going great. I'm excited. Husker Volleyball is on the horizon. Husker Volleyball, little press conference today at 5 That's o'clock. Right. I'll be down there, pick up my media credentials for a little NCAA tournament action. A little Delaware State on Thursday. You just got to hope they, hopefully they make it to the Final Four. We're they rooting. Will. We're rooting for them. They will. They usually have pretty good luck when it. They They're when, a tournament when, team. Well, they usually have pretty good luck. I mean, there's no doubt that John Cook's going to get ready, get his team ready for. Uh, no luck, it's skill. For uh, for for the postseason, but also whenever the Final Four is in Omaha, there's a different feel around around the program. Oh yeah, there. So the only way that Nebraska and Creighton could meet in Omaha is in the championship game. Okay. So there's a chance. There is a chance. Creighton is in the Stanford Regional, I believe, mm-hmm. um, which is just opposite of Nebraska in the Louisville Regional. So there's a chance. So it could be, uh, what would it, it would be? Probably Texas versus Creighton and Wisconsin versus Nebraska in the Final Four and then the championship game, Nebraska-Creighton in CHI Health Center, which would be very interesting. Yeah, so make sure you give Rico a follow at Radio, Radio Rico AC on Twitter um, for all the uh, the volleyball needs that you guys have. 402-464-5685, the Honda Lincoln Hotline, the Sarder Heyman text line. Both those open for you guys the entire show as well as the Sarder Heyman Jewelers video stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. Um, okay, so it, there's there's a couple of exciting days coming up here. And and before we really get rolling, uh, we'll we'll talk to Lincoln Arneal of Huskers Illustrated at one thirty, kind of previewing the NCAA tournament for for Husker volleyball and kind of t- putting a, the the Big Ten awards awards mm-hmm. came out today. Yep. Um, I don't know why I said it's so weird, yeah, but the big did? the Big Ten awards came out today. Uh, so we'll kind of get Lincoln's thoughts on that here in a little bit. I, I do want to talk Husker football here in the first segment, and we will um, because there's obviously a lot of Husker assistant coach stuff going on right now the staff's still trying to shake out uh or, or fig we're still trying to figure out the staff a little bit um I, I'm, I'm curious to see so what weird. the final number of assistant coaches like the, the salary wise is when all totaled up mm-hmm. um because i have a weird feeling that it might be above that seven million dollar pool so that's the pool. like I, I had this question in the water cooler so that's the pool as we were told you know seven million do they have to ask Trev Alberts, do they have to ask some more donors if they want to go above that? Like, how does that whole thing work out? Because based on the just the names yeah. that they're getting, 
it seems as if seven million might not some of the names that they're getting and some of the names that they're targeting. Mm-hmm. It seems as if seven million might not be enough, depending on how much each person which, is getting paid. Which I got because so, also you don't have a defensive coordinator yet. So so full full transparency. I got a DM yesterday after our show that was was mad because we are allowing Matt Rule to hire buddies. And, and I want to. I want to kind of. Oh we, yeah, we, we talk, mentioned we mentioned this yesterday. Me and Nate talked about that. Yeah, like we we talked about this yesterday as well. That when you're a new head coach in an organization, you're going to hire guys that you're comfortable with and have history with. Um, and, and you don't want to hire just Joe Bob off the street because he has the best defense in the country this season. Like, like you, you don't want to operate your program that way. That's when, when you just hire the – you don't know – you talk about fit, right? And we talk about um, Nebraska and and how under Trev Alberts and now with Matt Rule and, and Ted Carter and Ronnie Green can all be in, included in this conversation as well. It feels like for the first time in a very long time that Nebraska's leadership with their head football coach, everything is aligned perfectly – and to be frank, I mean, it, it, it damn well better be because you spent 70-plus days on a coaching search and it better be aligned mm-hmm. and you better be on the same page. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind, um, you don't want Matt Rule to just go out and hire Jeff Levy from Oklahoma and Mike Tressel from Cincinnati or Jim Leonard from Wisconsin when there are no previous ties to Matt Rule and, and X name working together. Like you don't you don't want to run your op, your your operation that way. Well, even then it'd be hard to to just go out and I understand that Matt Rule is kind of an established coach in college football in the college football ranks and you know all the coaches know of each other at the very mm-hmm. least within the coaching ranks, but there's a difference between, you know, a Nick Saban going out and hiring um head coaches that have been fired from their previous stops as assistants or or as you know consultants or whatever because of the amount of success and the the length that Nick Saban has been at Alabama whereas Matt Rule is just starting off at Nebraska he's trying to get things together as you said uh kind of you know being comfortable with the people that he's surrounding himself with and trusting those people that they have done enough over their careers at their previous stops mm-hmm. to help him and that they mesh well at Nebraska. So it's it's not that he's going out and hiring buddies, it's that he's going out and hiring people that he trusts, that he knows that will fit the the standard and the the requirements that he's going to put forth at Nebraska. So it's it's completely different than, you know, kind of what Luke Fickle's doing right now, bringing your entire staff over yeah. from your previous stop. Now, there's there's comfort, I think, when you bring your entire staff over, obviously, because everybody would believe that it's a smooth transition, but we saw where it can actually hurt you, and when that, that transition from a group of five level to a power five level, I mean, I don't have to tell you guys as, as Husker fans, it, it does, it's not as smooth as one might believe for everybody involved. I mean, Sean Becton made a good good transition there. I, there were There were specific guys on the staff if you want to talk about UCF to Nebraska, that made a good transition from group of five to power five. Some styles just don't work. Some don't. And now you're seeing that with Luke Fickle, which I eventually want to get into the conversation of Nebraska fans should be thankful that they finally have an adult in charge and that there's an adult running the show. And what what I mean by that is when you see the 
the way that the hiring processes have kind of unfolded at not only Wisconsin, but also Auburn, it's it's kind of, I wouldn't say a dumpster fire, but there's not a whole lot of drama in Lincoln. There's drama involving the assistant coaches, but if you think about throughout this entire search, there were two days that there were some leaks, and the leaks ended up not being true, mm-hmm. and there was one, I mean, they're back early October, I think like the first week of October, early second week of October, there were the leaks about Matt Rule, and those ones ended up being true. Those ones kind of fell through, though. Like they were, they were leaked, yeah, and like then they, it just they, it just kind of dissipated. Yeah. So it was, it was one of those things where it was right after he got fired, and everybody yes, was like, everybody that's was like, right. oh, what Matt about Ruled Nebraska? Nebraska? Matt Rule in Nebraska, and then it just disappeared. So, and like, here's the thing, and and going back to the assistant coach, because there, there's two conversations I want to have here in this first segment, and, and let us know your thoughts. 402-464-5685, unnamed texter asks, I know these were just rumors, but Frost hired Whipple, and supposedly they didn't get along sometimes. I, I, I can't, I'm not going to comment on whether or not they got along. I, I will say um, there was awkwardness. Like, I, I don't think that's bad to talk about. I, I, there, there was definitely awkwardness. But it was also Things in part didn't... of uh, it was also the fault of Scott Frost that there was awkwardness, like it it was on both sides. Things didn't match up you, in the pressers. You had well, it was it's not even what they talk about. It's it's kind of how they act, right? And when you when you hear things that that Scott Frost is saying and after every single press conference and every single game it was you know who called plays in the second half and who called plays in the first half did you take the play call sheet away from Mark Whipple mm-hmm. and and then once even after Scott Frost left or, or got let go you had Mark Whipple being stubborn in the play calling and it was that conversation of should Mickey as the interim head coach when he's trying to fight for the the permanent head coaching job should he take over and, and move and you kind of push Mark Whipple off to the side, but you have that that awkwardness there of, I don't really know this guy all that well other than the seven months that we've been working together. Mm-hmm. And and it was that awkward marriage where going into the season, it was this thing, this thing, the only way this thing has a chance of working is if Scott Frost is completely hands-off and Mark Whipple actually is able to uh, adapt to the Big Ten Conference a you little just bit. just let him run what he runs, but also let him kind of evolve into the play caller that he needs to be to win games in the Big Ten. So, uh, unfortunately, I mean, here we are, and and Matt Rule is hiring assistants, and, and we don't know how offense is going to shape out with uh, or shake out with Satterfield, who's the offensive coordinator and the tight ends coach, um, which kind of caught, caught me off guard. He was the quarterback's coach at um, South Carolina. Exactly, which means there there's plans in place, I'm, I'm sure, and there's – there's preliminary plans that haven't been, uh, you know, official or, or, or confirmed there are, yet. Yeah, there, there uh, of like Jake that Pete's, for example, positions unofficially filled. Yeah, like if Jake Pete's, for example, decides to come to Nebraska, which there's there's coach. some contingencies on um, salary wise and assistant coaching pool wise, um, then we'll see. You know, he's going to be a quarterbacks coach, but we'll see what other roles he fills and. There's there's questions of is Nebraska going to have an associate head coach it, like just minor details there. There's no defensive coordinator yet. No defensive coordinator yet. You've got D line and DBs coaches in place, but no linebacker and no mm-hmm. defensive coordinator. Yeah. So and, and Waterboy makes a, a good point. Sports requires healthy tension even in the most successful programs. You'll never grow as a coaching staff with one person's idea. 
and, and I, I'm I'm a hundred percent with you, Waterboy. Um, but there were a lot bigger problems than simply wasn't healthy tension. If you look, if you look at Nebraska's list of offensive coordinators over the last ten years, I mean, how many have there been? It's been it, Danny. I mean, you, you can go back to Tim Beck, Danny Langsdorf, Sean Watson, um, Troy Walters, Matt Lubick, Mark Whipple. I, I like you can go back farther and farther. Scott Frost, and maybe not in that order. Yeah, Scott Frost <laughs> was in there, like as the head coach, but. Doubling as the, the offensive coordinator. I was, was going to say the the previous two, not counting this one, the offense largely looked the same despite changing offensive coordinators. So mm-hmm. in in my mind, I don't think the offensive the title of offensive coordinator switched, but I don't think the offensive coordinator uh, at that time was gone. Yeah. So I just think when when we when we see the the laundry list of changes staff wise that Nebraska went under. Um, and had to kind of navigate through over the last five years, you have a coach that might not have been ready for Nebraska's job, might not have taken it the most serious. Um, And Trev is not the kind of boss to tell head coaches who to hire. And and that's a good thing because once again, you're paying this guy X amount of money, whether it was 5 million, whether it was 4 million after the pay cut or now 9.9 million Mm -hmm. on average, you're paying this dude, to operate your football program altogether. And, and, and Trev Alberts should not be the one. That's where Sean Eichhorst messed up, getting Bob Diaco in there with Mike Riley. Like, th- there is, it's nice, and this kind of works into that second conversation. Saying he's the best it's, coach on campus. It, it's nice, yeah. <laughs> it's nice to have an adult in charge. Because, once again, you look at, at the athletic director, John Cohen, who came from Mississippi State to Auburn, and within the first two months of him being at Auburn, hires one of the more controversial hires of all time a weird one. in Hugh Freeze, who Hugh Freeze had just accepted a, a an extension at Liberty, mm-hmm. where he was very comfortable, he's successful as a group of five guy, and, and here comes the SEC knocking, and of course Hugh Freeze is going to take it. Again. Again. But now you have all these stipulations of is Hugh Freeze allowed to have social media? How much are, is Auburn going to monitor social media? How much is Hugh Freeze going to use social media? Like you have to worry about all these things behind the scene, and it's kind of interesting. It's taken away from the football. Aspect take away of from things. the football aspect of things in Auburn, where it just means more, right? But then also in Wisconsin, you have oh. it's more of a slight to Jim Leonard that he didn't get the job than it was to Mickey Joseph. Like that that was that was the that was the hire that I think shocked a lot of people, myself included, because Wisconsin didn't post the opening and start interviewing interviewing candidates until the first week of November. Jim Leonard was pretty much solidified he as was grandfathered the next, in. He was solidified as the next head coach at Wisconsin. That's kind of what everybody just assumed. And you know, when when Lance Leipold signed his extension, I I said, you know, this says more to me about the Wisconsin job than it does about Nebraska because I thought that all along that Lance Leipold was going to be the next head coach at Wisconsin because that's still, you know, even if you go away from Jim Leonard, if you had hire Lance Leipold, that's kind of a guy that, that gets Wisconsin. He's, he's mm-hmm. from Wisconsin. He's been at Wisconsin, like, you know, for all this time. Um, but then they go out and they hire Luke Fickle and you see the the outpouring of support for Jim Leonard from former 
and current players from from Which, you know coaching staffs and 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 former coaches all over the place saying how how great of a man Jim Leonard was, how great of a coach mm-hmm. Jim Leonard is, and now you have Luke Fickle bringing his own defensive coordinator over from Cincinnati to Wisconsin, which again to me s- signifies that Jim Leonard's not going to be on the coaching staff whatsoever at Wisconsin, which I'm sure is yeah. not going to go over well with any of the so, former or current players. So that that's a great example right there. That's a great example. To my knowledge, Matt Rule and Jim Leonard have no prior experience working together. To my knowledge. I, I could be wrong. How And Rico is going to fact check that for us. I don't know how. He can try. So here's the deal. I've seen a lot of fans... And we've gotten text messages on our Sarder Heyman text line, which is great. We love the interaction. Let us know what you guys are thinking. 402-464-685. Feel free to give us a call as well. But that's one of those situations where just because Jim Leonard has been regarded and believed to be one of the top defensive coordinators in the country doesn't mean that you can automatically plug him into Nebraska and with Matt Rule and the staff and the guys around him, and that will be successful. Mm-hmm. And, and and it's great to believe. It's great to think. Yeah, hell yeah! Like Jim Leonard coming to Nebraska. Let's fantastic. shove it in Wisconsin's face. Let's get Wisconsin finally for years in a row because we're gonna we're gonna have their guy who we thought, or excuse me, who they thought was going to be their next permanent head coach, mm-hmm. and they decide to stem away from the Barry Alvarez tree Yeesh. and the guy that's kind of been molded for that job and go to a guy in Luke Fickle, which is fine. I mean, that's a it's a fine hire. It's a good hire. It's okay, but it's interesting. So, I think when and when you talk about former players looking at that, uh, or, you know, criticizing Wisconsin's decision, and Chris McIntosh is the athletic director for for Wisconsin. It's it's nice to have kind of once again an adult in the in the room leading things for for once in, in a, quite a while. I mean, quite a while, mm-hmm. you, you could argue. Um, for for Nebraska and, and the Husker Athletics, uh, once again four zero two four six four five six eight five the Honda of Lincoln Hotline, the Starter Hammond Text Line. You can always reach out to Rico and I, Nick underscore Sainert on Twitter at Radio Rico AC as well. Um, we'll be joined by Lincoln Arneal of Huskers Illustrated here in a couple minutes. But as we as we um, kind of put a bow on this segment, there's a lot to be made about. Matt Rule's track record. As far as I can tell, Jim Leonard and Matt Rule have been nowhere together, but they've been close. Okay, in a in a way. Um, from 2009 to 2011, Jim Leonard played for the New York Jets, and during oh, that time, Matt Rule was at Temple as the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. Perfect. So there's um, your connection. And then he was with the New York Giants as an assistant offensive line coach in 2012. But Jim Leonard was then with the Denver Broncos, so they weren't even in the same building. Sad. Um, and then he was a Temple head coach starting in 2013, and Jim Leonard was playing for the Bills in 2013. So, I mean, that's kind of close. But other than that, no. They've, they've according to uh, the Wikipedia search that I just did, they have not been at the same place at the same time, coaching or playing-wise. So, Wet Blanket says this, um, Nick, I disagree with you completely about Trev. And, and that's weird that... Completely. There's a lot of there's a lot of opinions about Trev Alberts right now. They're, uh, they're, they're on, on both on Twitter, in, in text messages. It seems like Husker fans 
have started not to turn on Trev Alberts, there but a, start to question. There is a section of Husker fans and former players are included. Yeah, in this. that does not uh, truly believe that Trev Alberts is is right in his Which, hiring. Which before before we get to the rest of Wet Blankets text well, on the topic of Trev Alberts, I think it's important to note and give him an amount of credit because as as a former player, it's easy to root for another guy that that was a was a former player here as well. And I think when you look at this coaching search that Nebraska kind of orchestrated and, and more specifically Trev Alberts orchestrated with with the assistance of of the search firm and and Ted Carter and, and Ronnie Green, this was a decision I believe that Trev was able to separate emotion from Nebraska's needs. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's very important. And that's not an angle that's been talked about a whole lot because when we look at Nebraska's and, and Trev Albert's decision to hire Matt Rule, at the end of the day, the easy hire would have been to give Mickey Joseph a shot. That, that would have been the easy hire. Would it have been? I, I believe so. I believe it because you would have think about it, Rico. I mean, you could have spun it a similar way. Now, Mickey Joseph is a very, a very hard I worker, so I think there's a lot of his values, character-wise, that lines up with what Trav Alberts wants. That's true, but I don't know if it was if it would have been the easy hire. That would have been. I think hiring Mickey Joseph would have been harder than hiring Matt Rule. Not in the aspect of you know the agreements of the fans, but also there was a, there was a contingent of fans who didn't think that Mickey should get the job because of his inexperience as a head okay. coach. Yep. So you you had that going on, and then it was the we can't take a chance on anyone else because if we get if Nebraska gets this higher wrong, then Nebraska mm-hmm. will never be back. Even though I strongly disagree yeah, with not, that, and it's going to be accurate, fine. But yeah. you had you know people going that route as well, um, and then you know many people have said you know the whole winning aspect of things. He won three games. Games, he did which you know that's that's more or that kind of lines up with what happened last season with the previous head coach and he did it with three less games to coach uh I would say four because the Oklahoma game was a was a debacle considering that they had to fire their head coach and put everything new in uh within a week um but he he, he ended up winning three games but many people just thought that you know he needed to win more games and he said it himself you know I have to win games in order to, to to keep his name in the race for head coach, and and that didn't happen. So hiring Mickey Joseph, I think, would have been harder. I don't think it would have been as controversial, but I think in the eyes of the fan base, and I, I don't know, just a lot of other people, uh, would have been harder for Trev to make that call. I don't think uh, – maybe I should have phrased it this way, and, and we're running up against the clock here, unfortunately. I think it would have been it, – it's going to be – how do I? Okay, so Trev Alberts, by hiring Matt Rule, in my opinion, took emotion out of the decision and made the the hire based on what he believed puts Nebraska in the best possible spot to win football games the soonest, the quickest. I I, I, th- I think that's that's it. Yeah, with the track record now. Now we always talk about track record, and and now here's where once again track record um can has been kind of contradicted and and complained about when you compare track records between Matt Rule and Luke Fickle, for example. Luke Fickle's track record is much longer 
because Matt Rule's been at schools for only three years. So we don't have the, the, the data to see what Matt Rule does in year four, year five, year six, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think that Trev did take a motion out of this hire because when you look at it strictly from a resume standpoint, um, it's there's there's some sexiness and there's some appeal to hiring a former player and being able to cheer on a former player as a head coach. Yeah. I, I, we saw it. And, and here's the deal is you know darn well, Rico, just as well as I do, and I, I think this would be a valid argument, that if Mickey would have gotten the head coaching job, then we would have said, Mickey's not Scott Frost. Like, and, and we have we have data and we have valid arguments to say that and mm-hmm. to back that up with, to say Mickey Joseph is not Scott Frost. Just because he's a former player does not mean Bingo. that he is the Bingo. same former player. And that would have, it would have been easy, I believe, for Trev Alberts to sit there and say, listen, I understand, you know, in, in the back of his mind go, listen, I understand that, that Scott Frost was a former player and Mickey Joseph is a former player, but they're not the same. This is different. They're, they're, and they're not. Like, yeah. he wouldn't, that would not just be him saying that either. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, it's going to be interesting to see. I, I don't want to be done with this conversation. Maybe we can continue this in, in the crossover. Uh, 402-464-5685, the Honda Lincoln Hotline, the Sarder Heyman text line. Um, because Jim and Lincoln says, I think your radio station contributes to the division of Husker Nation. Okay. Um, I don't think we have that much power. Move on. He he ends his text with "Move on with an optimistic spirit." I, I'm trying to. I think I, I like am. We've been optimistic. I feel like I am. Unfortunately. Um, okay, let's go ahead and take a break. Yeah, when we, we come back, yeah, we got to get to Lincoln Arneal uh, of of Huskers Illustrated. Let's talk Husker volleyball. We'll continue this conversation in the final segment, though. Um, but let's talk Husker volleyball in the NCAA tournament as the Nebraska Cornhuskers host Delaware State. Tomorrow night in the first round um, of the NCAA tournament, we'll be joined by Lincoln Arneal uh, coming up in a couple minutes on the Happy Hour. Follow Nick and Enrique on Twitter at Nick underscore Sainert and at Radio Rico AC. More of Happy Hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.